1: Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. And we're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be talking with one of our favorite dog people, an animal person, and that is Laura Moore. And Laura is the owner of Critters and Me, which is located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And she has decades of dog wisdom that she's going to share with us today, all the way from dog nutrition to dog toys. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Laura Moore to the show.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have Laura Moore as our guest today. Hello, Laura, and welcome.
0: Hi, Marcy and Lovey. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we're so excited that you could be with us because we have so many questions we want to ask you about today, Laura, and really pick your brain for all the wisdom. But before we do that, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and history with dogs and animals. Okay. Well, I moved to New Mexico in
0: 1990 and immediately got involved in animal rescue And then got involved in uh, homeopathy and trying to help the neighbors in a rural area learn how to take care of their critters. So at that point, I was rescuing dogs, had usually 12 at a time, had some horses, and it just sort of grew from there.
1: Wow. Well, I know that you are the owner of Critters and Me, which is one of my and Lovey's favorite stores. So, tell us about Critters and Me, Laura, about what do you offer there to dog handlers? Okay.
0: Well, what I found out was when I had gotten involved in classical homeopathy and I was trying to treat animals, I really found that I had to be able to offer, understand, and convince people about good nutrition. Because in my mind, nutrition is probably 90% of the battle. So the only way I could figure out to get that part of the scenario going was to start researching myself on nutrition and health and supplements. And the only way I knew to get that out there was to... Uh, open a facility where people could come and trust that I'd done all the vetting on the products and that they could trust that what I was giving their critters was going to be healthy and that we could move forward with any issues that they needed to be uh, taken care of. So it's been, actually it was 20 years in May that I've had the critters in me and working sort of on our, at least our second generation of doggies with my customers. And the biggest thing I'd seen with the critters in me is having the ability to start with the nutrition. When people were coming to me initially, their dogs were very sick at age seven. Now people are coming to me with the education that's been provided from us and from just many other ways since everyone's become more conscious, is that now the dogs are walking in and they're 15 and 16 and actually up to 20 years old. So it's come a long way in 20 years as far as nutrition and health consciousness with the critters.
1: Wow. Yeah, because nutrition, I'm so glad that we're talking about this, Laura. I've wanted you to be on the show for so long because nutrition is such a mystery Especially for people like me that are placed with a, you know, we get a, a service dog or some type of assistance animal or working dog, the whole canine world is new to us. So, how do you really recommend someone that maybe partnered with a dog, you know, and they've probably been eating maybe what was donated to their organization, you know, because let's face it, money does become a big issue. So they may not have been eating the highest quality of food or or maybe different foods. How would you recommend someone select the food for their working dog?
0: Well, I think any more, one of the interesting things is that there's so many independent retailers now who are really very conscious about nutrition. The key for me is to make sure that any, any food that I'm recommending, that the manufacturer is actually the one who either has their own facility producing the food or they are actually buying their own ingredients and making sure that's going into their food if they're doing what's called co-packing at another facility. And it's very difficult reading labels. So most of your independent retailers are very good at making sure they can read a label and tell you what to look for. Because one of the keys to, you think of people with, with service dogs or working dogs You know, there's a lot of expenses involved in that whole situation. And the misnomer on this is that these higher quality foods are so much more expensive, which actually is not true. You can find the caloric value and the nutritional value is so much higher. You feed much less and you can really compare with any of the brands out there that people are used to seeing you can really compare the prices to be about the same by the time you're feeding half the amount of food. So I'm very conscious, as prices have gone up with a lot of the foods, that we're getting the best foods with the best prices and that it makes it an affordable thing for people to be able to do.
1: Yeah, that's so important. And and I know I, I tell people when they ask me, Oh, I want to get a, a dog, and I'm like, Well, that's wonderful, but you really have to think about it. It's a huge commitment because I look at Lovey as if she's an Olympic athlete. That's how I think right. of her. And she needs right. the best nutrition, the best everything that I can provide for her. So can you share with us because our listeners are all over the world and so what would you recommend? Because I know that I believe you like a company in Canada. Canada and some different places around the world where we can get these high-quality foods where they own the facility and they produce their own food. Could you give us maybe your top three, Laura? Yeah, I think
0: I can start with the very top one in Canada, which I'm quite sure they probably even export to Europe and other areas. And it's a company called Horizon, and they have, uh, they have their own facility to produce. One of the things I like about them is that all of the Canadian foods have higher standards for pet food. They actually get all of their ingredients for their food within a 60-mile radius of their plant. This company also does not do a bunch of marketing, so they keep the price down to such an amazing level that it's affordable for everybody. There is another plant that, and I've visited a few of these plants. There's another one actually in Minnesota, which is called Tuffy's, and they do a product uh, called Nutrisource and Pure Vita. And their foods, they put $62 million into this plant, and you could eat off the floor. The manufacturing is incredible. The testing in most of these products that I work with, the testing is done on-site. It's tested as the fresh foods come in and it's tested before everything goes out. And so any of their products from the Tuffy's Nutrisource or Pure Vita products are right up there at a high place in my list. There's also a nice company, another one in Canada, that does a tripe product, and they have a kibble and they have cans. And they probably do one of the highest meat content foods, also with those high standards from, from Canada. And that is called uh, Pet Kind. So, those are options that are pretty much available throughout the country. A lot of them you cannot find online because they're trying to support independent retailers, but many of them also export overseas.
1: And what do you really recommend, Laura? Do you recommend a dry kibble or the wet food or raw food? What do you really recommend? Thanks.
0: Well, if it was an ideal world and we could all do and afford whatever we wanted to do, I would always be a raw food feeder. It's not always reasonable for people to do and not, and it can be for many reasons and a lot of it is the expense of it. What I try to do with my customers is to say, if you can do 50% kibble of a high quality kibble, preferably a grain free, unless you have a dog that's, you know, maybe doing herding or something, those kind of working dogs sometimes do need some carbs like oatmeal and barley. But we try and get a nice solid grain free. And then I ask them to add some fresher food. That could be dehydrated. That could be freeze dried. That could be canned. Just so that you balance out with something that's a little less processed than a kibble. The one thing people don't know about kibbles and people get very upset when they see it say chicken meal. There's nothing wrong with meal. Meal is just been processed with the bone and everything and cooked down to get a higher protein. And if as long as it says it's chicken or pork or beef and not poultry or meat, you're fine with that. But you are cooking it at 500 degrees to get to meal. So I like to look for a food who has meat as the first ingredient, and then it may have meal as a second or third ingredient. Because it's Going to be processed then at a lower heat, probably around 180 or 200 degrees, so that you get a little more value out of it.
1: Well, I know over the years for me traveling with my working dog and their food, it has been a challenge, you know, of, of trying to balance that. And I agree with you. I now feed Lovey much canned food because I feel like she gets much more meat and it's fresher. She gets a, a better nutrition out of that. And it's worked great traveling with her too. It's My suitcase is heavy on the way out, but on the way back, it's much lighter, but it, it does help me in feeding her, and I've also noticed I can manage her weight better because, as our listeners know, that's a huge issue for us with our working dogs, maintaining that weight. So what would you recommend for people, especially people who have crisis dogs or the conservation dogs where they're traveling so much, what would you recommend in food?
0: Well, cans are terrific. Sometimes they're heavy. I do love, there's products like Stella & Chewy's and there's Sojo's that are actually freeze-dried or dehydrated foods, that all you're doing is adding water, so you're actually getting fresher ingredients and fresher meat with it. Plus, they're really easy to travel with because they're so light. And we also have products that are more of a dehydrated meat. There's one called Real Meat that you can feed that way. They're just a little easier to travel with and not, especially if you're a raw feeder and you're traveling, you're not going to be carrying raw food. And if you have an assistance dog where they have requirements where they don't want you doing raw, you still have that option of doing dehydrated, freeze-dried, or something like the real meat or a can to keep it fresher.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So there are options rather than doing straight kibble.
1: Yeah. No, that sounds really good. And, and I've thought about that too wh- over the years. Um, like I said, I've, I've tried a few different things and, and actually what you're talking about works really well. I tried freeze dried some years ago, but definitely I think that might be a good option. I think Lovey might enjoy that. Um, so yeah, those are great, great suggestions.
0: It definitely makes it easier for traveling and yet you're still giving them really high value nutrition.
1: Yeah. Well, and I want to talk to you about treats, too. But we are going to take a really quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and keep visiting with Laura because we have a whole lot more questions to ask her. So come right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink or shed like crazy? Come to DynaVite for help. Order a 90 day supply of DynaVite. Everything we tried failed except the DynaVite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with Omega 3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At DynaVite.com D I N O
0: oh. V I T E.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Laura Moore, the owner of Critters and Me. And we were talking a lot about nutrition before the break. And I do want to continue with that a little bit, Laura, because I want to ask you about treats. And just wondering about what kinds of treats you recommend and how often to treat a dog. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's actually one of the interesting things that I can find people that are feeding very nutritious foods and then all of a sudden they tell me what treats they're feeding, and I'm a little surprised because it might be a, something from the grocery store that's you know high in salts and high in preservatives because they don't connotate treat as food. But treats should be a food. So I like to do products that might be, a, if you want a biscuit, a grain-free biscuit. I pretty much like just having smaller treats that are more like the more dehydrated all-meat treat that you can actually give you also have to balance out that you are adding calories because we also don't want these dogs to get too heavy and you're going to have to figure out that you're not over treating with all these different treats thinking about how much food you're giving them so if they're getting more treats one day for a particular reason you might want to cut back on their food intake
1: Yes, and I certainly am aware of that with Lovey because I actually Lovey's the first dog that I've actually given a lot of treats to. And so I do love some of the products that you have, the real meat that I actually break those up even smaller so that Lovey can get those because I do hand feed her quite a bit. And then but like you said, I feed her a lot less for breakfast and dinner to make up for that.
0: And the real meat treats are one of my all-time favorites. That's what I use in my exam room. I know they're just all meat. I know they're healthy. I know they're not going to be calorically really high, and they also definitely are a high value treat, and, and they're happy with them.
1: Yes, they are. Whistle and lovey love them. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and it's lovely
0: because they're, most of their lamb and their products are coming from New Zealand, and so they're very high quality meats as well.
1: Yeah, they love the venison. That's their favorite.
0: <laughs> that is the favorite amongst all the dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you also really know a lot about alternative treatment programs and and you practice them yourselves and then you offer them at Critters and Me. And could you tell us tell us about some of those, Laura? Yes. So,
0: as I had said, I basically started this because I was trying to to help with health issues with animals and So I have been a classical homeopath for almost 28 years. I have studied with homeopaths from all over the world, did a lot of studying with Dr. Richard Pitcairn, who is sort of the guru veterinary homeopath. And about 12 years ago, I got involved in bioresonance therapy, which is a frequency therapy I do with a machine from Germany. And I did study that in Germany. And it's very much like homeopathy that you're actually just correcting frequency. It's been very helpful if we can't fix a critter with, with nutrition, then we have these other options to use.
1: And can you tell us, Laura, how would someone find a practitioner in this? Is there a way um, that you would recommend if they want to research on some of these homeopathic treatments of how they could do that?
0: Yeah, Ashley, if they go to the uh, veterinary holistic It's actually the AHVMA, American Holistic Veterinary Association, and they look that up online. They can find a lot of people who are doing acupuncture, who are doing homeopathy, and doing various treatments like that. And that will be the best source for your customers that are throughout the country and actually they could probably find people in other countries. It's probably the best way to find that.
1: Oh, great. Well, and I've been learning recently about alternatives in dental care, because I know that's another thing that we are responsible for with our working dogs to brush their teeth every day. And I brush loveys every day, but still she needs, she loves it. She insists that I do it. She won't (laughs) let me off the hook, but she still needs her teeth cleaned because of the tartar buildup that I can't get with her toothbrush. So tell us about some of the new alternatives in dental care that we need to know about?
0: Okay. Well, we're very excited because I've been looking for years to find a way to offer what's called non-anesthesia dentals. And we have actually, in the past couple years, found a group out of Los Angeles who sends a vet tech who is highly trained to the store. And then we hire a vet to be there to do pre-dental checks to make sure that they're to have a non-anesthesia dental where they're going to behaviorally be okay and that their teeth aren't so severe that they need to go to their vet to have anesthesia and maybe something pulled. So we're doing about every quarter now having these people come in. We're doing two days. We're hoping to get that up to three days to do these treatments. And he literally gets in there and checks all the teeth. He scales everything polishes everything, and comes out and talks to you, giving you a full report on what needs to be done, what should be followed up, and also talking about how important mouth health is. I think it's something that's been very neglected because mouth health has everything to do with a good functioning heart, good functioning kidneys. So we really try and encourage people to look at their non-anesthesia dentals because the anesthesia can be a problem for dogs. They have to continue doing that, especially for older dogs. And if you start early with this, then you won't have mouth problems, and you can continue doing it with the non-anesthesia dentals.
1: Yeah, I love that. And exactly for what you're saying is, you know, Whistle is now 13, and he really needs his teeth cleaned, but there's no way I would do anesthesia for him right now. So right. I love that there's now an alternative and really want to get Lovey into that practice so that she as she ages, she won't have that issue when she's 10 and 11, but right. she can still have, have nice, beautiful, white teeth Yep, wow. that are healthy. Because you're right, it is tied to so many other health conditions that, that our working yeah. dog may and encounter. People
0: are actually very surprised they think, Oh, my dog will never be still. And this young man sits on the floor, gets them in his legs. He's very gentle. He actually does cats. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we really don't we don't find dogs that are having problems. The owner stays out of the room. The vet and this young man stay in the room and behaviorally they really seem to be just fine, which Surprises many owners.
1: Yeah, well, I know I had a friend who did it who does not have a working dog, and I was really surprised that her dog did so well, but really, really loved it and it it was perfect for them. So I'm so happy to hear that this is happening. And I hope that we can all explore this as another tool that we have to take better care of our dogs. So let's talk really a little bit about toys. Because, you know, it's sometimes it's hard. And our listeners have asked me, what kind of toys does Lovey play with? And and what kind of play actually do working dogs do because they are so active and busy. So tell us about what kind of toys that you recommend for working dogs.
0: Well, I think the biggest thing is that you need to look for something that's made out of safe materials. I'm always concerned about people with rope toys that they need to know those are interactive toys they are not to be left with a dog. You know, most I have two labs myself, and one of them is a complete ball freak. And I like the things that are like closed cell foam balls. And so there are a lot of tennis balls that are made specifically out of the proper material for dogs rather than just your normal tennis ball. And also to make sure that you have an appropriate size for your dog, that nothing's too small for a larger dog. It's really important because you don't want a choking hazard. And I think it's very different. One of my labs doesn't care to chase balls or do anything, the other one will play with the ball all day long. So I think for working dogs, if they're out there catching a ball or having something to chew on just to to keep themselves active is probably a good stress reliever as well.
1: Yeah, it is challenging sometimes for the toys. That can be an issue because, like you said, you want to make sure that it's a safe toy for them. So what what would you say when you're picking out a toy? What would be some of the top things that you could give us tips to look for and to stay away from?
0: Okay, so I what I try and do is find out what type of chewer they are. You know, some dogs will be perfectly fine with a soft toy that might have a squeaker in it, and they don't do a lot of chewing, But if you get the ones that are just pulling at that and trying to get the squeaker out, I stay away from those. The other ones that are nice and safe if you have a heavy chewer are the ones made out of fire hose because they're nice and sturdy, and they can chew, and you can throw it, and they can pick it up. And, you know, the old standby with a Kong is a terrific toy. You can stuff it with things and keep them busy for a long time with a Kong.
1: Yeah, those are great suggestions, and actually a friend gave Lovey and Whistle one of the fire hose toys, and I was really surprised because I didn't think that they would like it, but they, Lovey loves it, and it has lasted a really long time, which is unusual around our house.
0: Yeah, yeah, they really do have some real strength to them and last a long time.
1: Yeah. Well, and do you have any other suggestions for any recreational activities that you might suggest for working dogs? Well, I'm probably not
0: the most expert on that since I'm more the healer. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing t- I'm sure with any dog is, I mean, I know that it's sort of set for them to have some good downtime. But I also think good exercise. And I always try and tell my clients, for both of you, get out and take a really good hike. You know, it's going to reduce stress level for both of you. Yeah, um, And that's probably, in my opinion, one of the best things you could possibly do is just to get a nice hike and make sure that they're also, if they're not a they're in a safe environment, that you're not going to have an issue with them running off.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That's I so think true. Hiking
0: is probably, to me, the most needed thing that a lot of dogs don't get enough of is just to get out and get some good exercise.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I have to share with you that, you know, Lovey, I was trying to figure out something fun for her to do. And I finally realized because having a disability, sometimes hiking is not really an option for a lot of us. But what I did do is I got a horse trough and it's a low, a low one. So it's easier in plastic. So it's easier for me to deal with. But she loves to take a good swim in the summer. And oh, so yeah. she loves that little <laughs> that little horse trough, and so it's it's pretty easy for me to manage and for her to have way big fun splashing around.
0: Yeah, and she could put some, there's some great water toys you could put in those. Yes, know, we do that, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people that go and just, and it's inexpensive, you can go somewhere and just get a, a children's wading pool and yes. in the summertime fill it with water and throw a few toys in it and... Like you said, if you don't have an ability to get out there and hike, that's a good way for them to cool down, to have some fun. And it is interactive because you're out there watching them, and it's great fun.
1: Exactly. It is. And she does love to dive for the toys. Absolutely. She'll put her whole little head under the water (laughs) to get them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've been having way big fun the last few weekends. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. Well, those labs, they like to get their head in that
1: water. Yes, she is full-blooded lab. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Laura, are there any, I know our time, I could talk to you about this all day, but our our time is going to come to an end. Are there any other last-minute tips as far as homeopathic treatments or healing that you want to leave us with today? Well, I really
0: encourage people, we've worked very hard on our website, which anybody can access. And we have so much information on, you know, vaccination, nutrition, spay and neuter, many, many different items. And so I really encourage people to go ahead and look at our website.
1: And tell us that address, Laura. What is it?
0: So it's www.crittersandme, which is all spelled out, dot com. And I think it's fairly maneuverable and people can actually even access There to ask questions.
1: Oh, Um, wonderful. it, It
0: really does have a wealth of information on it.
1: It does. I love your site. I go to it quite often myself because I love how you keep current information there. So we will definitely have that listed on our website so that our listeners can access that. So thank you. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think someone's telling us that our time is up today. So thank you. He's
0: thinking the horses are out there and she wants to know what's going
1: on. Exactly. (laughs) It's time for some recreation. Right, uh, right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Laura, and we hope you'll come back and visit with us again because you are just a wealth of knowledge, and we really appreciate the work you're doing and and all the great information that you have to share. So, thank you so much for being well, with thank, us today. And thank you, Marcy,
0: and it's always a delight to talk to you and Lovey.
1: Thank you. Well, and thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love to hear from you, so please keep those emails coming and you know you can reach us at Marcy M-A-R-C-I-E at PetLifeRadio.com and as always I invite you to follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram because we love seeing photos of you and your working dogs and the incredible work that they're doing every day. So thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care.